0: well 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 folks listeners of the program good friends across the globe what do we have ourselves here it's a new week and we're recording a new episode sub uh this is gonna be episode 12 i think lucky number 12 i'm joined by a good friend an awesome human being a very talented artist I've known this guy for a while well oh a few a couple of years we, we you know whenever i'm in his neck of the woods we link up always full of great conversation we almost just had a podcast ourselves like 10 minutes ago so everybody welcome ray vance to the rpd show thank you for having me this is long overdue i'm hyped hey dude i'm, I'm just glad we made it happen and obviously you know with um You got some cool things in the works that we'll talk about, but are that not in the works, but that are happening, you know, very Mm -hmm. soon. But um, how's, how's uh, life treating you? How's the good old COVID everything? Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, we're doing good. Um, Nobody I really know close has gotten sick. Um, My neighbor was like infected at one point in time, but we were all good. We're all clear. So um, things have been pretty solid. Like I said, more emphasis on my spare time into putting it into music and um, i'm a hermit by nature anyways so now not having to come up with an excuse to bail on my friends or go out places i'm just home and no one expects much that's great hey
0: i love it I, i feel you so it's it's you kind of find your happy place um well for those that may not be familiar like where are you from who is right? Re- like, just give them, give the little bio backstory just to give them cool. So people can. Cool.
1: Okay. So, um, I'm from Connecticut. Um, I'm 27. Uh, I've been rapping for far too long. I've been making music, um, since I was like eight, but I've been actually recording music for probably 10 years now. Um, I have an album coming out on Friday. And, Woo. um, yeah, that's the big news right now. Um, yeah, I make, uh, I don't even know if I'm a rapper. Dylan and I had that conversation recently that some of my music doesn't really constitute. So I make music. I am a musician. Artist. That's what I'm I'm trying to say now. Yes. Trying to embrace it. It's
0: it's very easy to just toss out rapper, you know, when you've been doing yeah. it for so long and I've 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 had some friends, you know, along the, they've kind of slowly transitioned out of that and it's uh you know, and that's totally cool. I I think I th- well I think you've really found your like groove and like who you are, you know, you're like being who right. you are like you're kind of like making the music that you've um, you kind of, it seems like that you grew up on in a sense, like you or that inspired you to get into it in the first place. So, yeah. Um, I mean, is that, I mean, what, like, what, I guess my next question is like, what inspired you to like make music? Was it just kind of like a fuck it moment or is it just like, you know what? I really like this thing. Like, let's give it a try.
1: It was definitely like, something to do with like guitar players like i have a very early memory of seeing an elvis cd and telling my mom i wanted to play guitar but i don't know if it actually related to that or if that's just me like putting together two early memories but um like i always wanted to play guitar when i was like a child and so my parents got me a little acoustic when i was eight and i didn't really play it until i was like 10 um but yeah, I always had a draw to music. Like my mom enrolled me in choir when I was like seven, maybe that was it. Maybe it was probably like my mom having me do that. Cause I actually hated that cause I was super self-conscious. So like singing, I still don't like singing with people around. And I'm like, it's like 20 years later, you know, <laughs> so like I was crying in choir class, like not trying not to sing. But when we sang as a group, I loved it. So it all probably started when I was a kid like that. But, um, physically recording music. It was um some of my friends in high school um, came up with the idea to do music for us a, a school project and our teacher was cool with it. And so my friend got some equipment and then like that evolved into, you know, me just kind of doing it in my spare time because I'm an only child. So like I had a lot of free time everywhere I went and I'm normally a hermit. So like even when I was in college, I kind of just posted up in my dorm room and I had something to do you know and rapping was way more tangible than playing guitar that's kind of how it evolved like guitar and singing is so hard and writing music is so hard but putting words together is definitely like a little bit more rudimentary thing like we already speak english we already write it you don't have to learn the language i feel like that's how i evolved into rap and now i'm kind of flipping it trying to play more guitar trying to bring more music back to it and i like it i I really really find like I guess it's like it's very fulfilling making music this way, um, but yeah, that's only really like recent that I've been playing a lot of guitar is like COVID. That's another thing, you know. I'm home all day, so I play a lot of guitar, and
0: yeah, why not learn had, more and pick pick it up? You know, why not? It's
1: yeah, kind of how I this really played
0: guitar in a while. Yeah, oh no. so yeah, you started
1: the podcast during this time, so it's yeah. It, it, right. I reached a
0: point of like, fuck it. Well, i you know, I've been wanting to do one for a while and I overthought it and then the legend, the podcast legend, the bearded man, Bobby Hobert, was like, yep. it's like Ryan, you just gotta do it. And I'm like, All right, man, you're right. And then we kind of bounced names and Dylan helped me out a little bit and here we are. So That's phenomenal. Yeah. Um The
1: bearded man with his motivation. Every day. Run in shirtless, Dude, I don't made. it's like I don't know how he does just like always talking about like got banged up last night, running it out. You know, like some like like uh, what's the what's the most the most recent quote right now is um bad decisions make good stories or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel like he said that like twenty five times in the last week, and I love it. <laughs> Dude,
0: his con- like he's probably one of my favorite people that I fought Like, well, that I know and that I follow. You know, we don't always talk. All the time, but like he just following his journey from afar is just so awesome. Mm-hmm. He's he's just the man, he's himself, you know. Great. This is gonna turn into the you know, the Bob Hobart podcast here, but <laughs>
1: yep. and then it will pivot into Dylan and then yeah. we'll get to five star vintage. We'll just cover the house, just,
0: just yeah, the whole house, just talk, talking, yeah. talking about our that's friends' how our, podcast.
1: That's how our conversation started, so <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, we we yeah, we were talking and I was like. Oh shit! I got it. Might as well let's let's get this thing going. Let's hit record. You know, yeah. Um, but uh, getting back, into, you have a new album on the way. Uh, yeah. I don't want to mess up the name, so I'll let you say the name. It's called Careless or I Careless.
1: it's called, Le- Co- called Co- Careless. Care
0: okay. See. Yeah. Um, um, no, you're fine. <laughs> uh, what can you tell me about that, or what can you tell people about that? when's it
1: dropping Um, all that? So it comes out on Friday, uh, which is um, November 13th, which is actually dope. I didn't think of it being Friday the 13th, but I really like that. Just fell in the place. Yeah. I normally don't release on Fridays and then I switched to doing that. These last few releases and I like it a lot, but it's also just funny that it's Friday the 13th, but um, yeah, it's a collection of singles I've released over the last few months with a few new songs coming out on the album. But, um, yeah, I mean, it kind of started when I was on tour last year. Um, right before I went on tour, right before I put out Lazy Boy, the last album, I had a handful of singles that were in this style, and one of them was No Nosebleeds, um, which came out in December, right after tour, and I performed it the whole time on tour, and that was like the song that I loved, and that it went, and I it felt the best live, and so it was really cool because that's very similar sounding to this album. And that kind of just like laid the groundwork for me to start, um, kind of working in that style. And, um, by style, I mean like alternative rock, pop, punk, guitar, bass, trap beats, I guess, like if you want to really break it down and that's kind of what I was doing. And, um, that led into like some of these songs. Um, but yeah, 10 songs that I'm really hyped about. Um, I have an intro track that I play guitar on, which is cool. So that's the first song that'll be out that has guitar from me. And it's really, really quiet in the background, but it's me playing guitar like on a song. So that's one of the coolest feelings ever. And uh, yeah, it's called Couldn't Care Less. The merch just says Care Less. So that's where you're getting Yep, the-
0: that's where I got that from.
1: The- Again, it flip-flops. But um, that's what I was saying. It's like my most used phrase when I'm at work. I'm like, yeah, I couldn't care less. Like they, they asked me about stuff. I'm like, I couldn't care less because so I really couldn't.
0: That's where the the idea stems from or like the the inspiration. That's one Cause of it's them. Like Because yeah, your job and the, the balance between your job and your music career is in a sense.
1: Yeah, or just and your, then the, the second is with Dylan and uh, we were talking about how I'm always worried about everything. And so we were going to call it no worries. And I was like, I don't know if I really feel that and we were thinking it's just the opposite. Cause like, I'm always worried about music and then I'm at work and I really couldn't care about how things play out. So it's so funny how the, my, my mentality switches. And, um, I, like I said, I can't say fuck this at work, but I can openly say like, yeah, I couldn't care less. And like, people are like, okay. And uh, <laughs> so I was actually explaining that to a guy recently at work and he thought it was hilarious. And so I it's felt about it.
0: I, I, th- well, I, I don't want to get you in trouble here or anything, but I think, you tweeted like a few months ago or whatever. And you were like, it was like, Oh, all my coworkers getting worked up about work or something. And it's like, I can care less like this. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. I mean, I don't know the exact tweet, but I thought that was great. But
1: yeah, I just I'm, found that if I put less emotion into my job that I don't really care much about, it's a lot more enjoyable. Cause I don't get like as frustrated when things don't go my way because it's whatever that's also the other reasoning here is that it's like care less in a sense of like, you can't control everything in your life. So like let us shit slide. And I found that I'm like just less ornery when I get home from work. Um, when I don't put as much stock into the stuff that like I actually have to do there, like I get it done, but I'm not like emotionally invested.
0: Yeah. I I think that's great. Cause I think we, we all, I mean people, we all get worked up on jobs or like Mm -hmm. whatever. And it's like, at the end of the day it's just a job. We're human yeah. beings. Like we, you get you get fired or whatever or let let go, like, oh well, you'll find another one. Like I'm yeah. totally confident. Like I've it's fun. I mean, in a we're not gonna go political with like in a recession or bad economy. It's like I've I've had two jobs this year. Like I've worked for Amazon and I work for this plumbing company right now. Like
1: Yeah, so you found a like, way to make it work. Yeah. You had a whole different job last year. So think of it. Within a calendar year you have three jobs. You just like yeah. I'm not like you just have to believe in yourself and then take chances and go that's really what it is. Yeah. And I'm
0: kind of what I was getting at too. Like people like you, people like myself, people like our friends, like a lot of our friends, like they like a job is just a stop in the road for us. It's like to get us from a to B, not to Z or D or whatever Mm letter. And there's just like the bigger picture at hand and, you know, I I think all, you know, you, myself, a lot of our we're, we're smart enough people and like know how to do it. Thi- like, yeah, of course. <laughs> our, you know, we, we, we could pretty much adapt and figure out how to do most jobs. You know, so it's like it's finding something else wouldn't, Um, I don't think be that hard. And I'm not saying like, oh, like, you know, let's get fired. No, not at all. It's good to have no, a job. No, not but, at all. But, um, I think, I think you get what I'm getting at. Sometimes I suck at explaining things, but
1: <laughs> you're fine. No, I totally get it, dude. I totally get it. Um, but yeah, like I had that, um, mentality and, um, it hasn't helped me back at all. Ever since I started feeling that way, I started being more confident at work and I stopped like getting as caught up in the way I worded everything and how like, you know, I wouldn't beat myself up over stuff. And I found that everything started working better in my manner, you know, or, like, When I went on tour last year, like I really realized how much I didn't want to be back at work. But when I got back to work, I realized that I wouldn't have been able to go on a tour if I didn't have the money from work and things like that. So it's like everything serves its purpose. And you just have to realize that opportunities will come when they come. And um, yeah, so when Dylan and I came up with that idea for Couldn't Care Less, I was like actually a little worried because I was thinking like that comes off like, oh, I don't care about anything, like care less about things. And I was like, I don't want people to take it that manner. More of a lighthearted way of looking at it, where it's like you got to care about the things that are important to you. You know, you can't care about everything all the time. <laughs> let yeah. it
0: eat up. I think, I think, I think you've uh, um, got the right mindset with that. Um, I, remember wh- I remember when I remember when I was talking to Dylan and he's like, "Yo, you got to see Ray's album artwork," and he sent to me. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I, I legit was blown away. Like I think Kim yeah. and Kirk did that, and I just was like, "You guys crushed it." Yeah, like, <laughs> they're great. Uh, very talented folks um
1: come down my dog's gonna start uh, down at somebody but that's fine um what's your dog's name? i was oh. my dog's name is riley so hey, that's wow. why when i told people the album was featuring riley a lot of people thought it was riley oh you're, and, the dog. Um, uh, yeah and like when i performed with riley the guy i didn't know him and so i didn't know anything about him going into it and I gave a shout out after my set. It was me, Frank and Kat were the only three people there. I told them I wasn't going to sell any tickets, but they still let me on the show. And it was awesome. It was out in Philly. And, um, uh, I, uh, I didn't know anything about Riley. And after my set, I said, shout out my dog, Riley. And I literally meant shout out my dog at home, Riley and Kat and, and Frank laughed so hard at it. And then Riley came up on stage and I tapped him. I was like, yeah, you my dog. And then like, i didn't mean it in any derogatory sense i just yeah. thought the, the the funny manner of, of shouting out my own dog while everybody everybody was there to see this other guy and they got hyped over it i was like seeing that's <laughs> i just thought it was funny but um he, he's such a cool dude so i'm hyped He's on my album because i've known him for about well we met each other about a year and a half ago I wow forget.
0: that's that's fine i didn't know that so that i thought like because sometimes features are just like you know you Reach out to people and like, yeah, I like the song, exactly. do it, but I don't know you had the relationship there and you guys knew each other. Yeah, I'm trying um, to
1: keep it that way. I mean, obviously I don't know Mod Sun, but like I wish I did.
0: But I mean, like he was a perfect fit on that song, you know? So it's like
1: Yeah, well, I, I also made that like a goal last year when I was on tour. Like we were at Luke's house, uh we were at Abstract's house and we were watching the Mod Sun interview on the You Never Know Mike Stud podcast. And I was like, Guys, I want to get a feature from Mod Sun next year because like I'm trying to make pop punk alternative rock, like rappy, like poppy, like music that represents like the same era that he's trying to capture. And Kirk and I stayed up super late one night talking about fucking pop punk and and paramour and like nerding out over bands. He loves that shit. And this is before I met Bo. So then a few days later I met Bo and we had the exact same conversation again. And I was like, damn, like I'm really talking about wanting to do this and I haven't done this type of stuff. And then, uh, yeah, I just kind of like placed feelers to all the producers that I was semi close with that. I at least like had like an online relationship with and, um, uh, asked them for pop punk alternative beats and stuff. And I got a handful of them. Like I got the beat for all my life, like when I was on tour and, um uh, I didn't write to it for a while, but like I, I was cultivating all these things and, um, I was saying to everybody that I wanted to get a mob song feature. And, uh, I still didn't even have a song around like May and then I wrote scars and I was like, ah, this is way more poppy than like the rest of the stuff. But, um, it was one of my, like, I don't know, it, it, his verse blows me away on that song and I did not expect that. So that's the best part. Like he exceeded my expectations and I was blown away when I, when I heard That was sick. But yeah, so Mod Sun, like, I don't know him, but he was the perfect reach of a somebody that I right. could get in contact with and have because futuristic is arguably larger and equal in, in size, but I wouldn't have been able to really get a feature from him before Indie Amplify um, if I hadn't gone on tour with him, you know, and met him. So Mod Sun, right. it was like a really opportunistic thing that I, 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 if I'd hit his manager up now, there's no way I would have got that feature, you know, cause they're doing an album. So it was all perfect timing. That it's, you know,
0: kind of funny how things work out, but I'm
1: so hyped over that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you, the, feet, the the track list looks really good. I mean, Riley that's
1: what
0: I was say. F- futuristic and mod like that's I, and I think it's always cool to see artists have like a um what do you call it? Uh like a, a reach. Not like a reach, but like not someone they would normally work with, but like they're on the album and it's like, oh shit, like um, an album I really liked, I forget what it's called, but, uh, Gashi, he released an album and he had Sting on mm. one of his songs and it's like, damn, that's hella cool.
1: Yeah. And um, like, he might not know Sting, but that's still super fire. And yeah. Gashi has a, Gashi's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, fire. I started
1: listening to his music again a little bit earlier on this year, but I don't know if I really checked out that new album. Is I didn't they, know Sting was on it. So
0: it's very 80, it's very eighties S cause I think the time, I forget the name of it.
1: Um, that's it. Yeah, is it it's, called like '88 or something like that, or something along that line? I'm I'm gonna no, look it up that. real
0: quick on Spotify. Bear with me, folks. I don't have a research guy on deck, but here we are. I because I, I want I want to. If for some reason, if you know, Gashi listens to this podcast, I want to like come correct. <laughs> <laughs> what was it called? Was it just called Gashi? Oh no, it was
1: 1984.
0: 1984. So yeah, that's where the '80s. You know it it's uh comes from
1: oh he does have sting oh he's got pink sweats that's really fucking cool that's really cool um damn that is sick
0: but uh super it's super cool when artists do stuff like that even larger you know the bigger ones on labels and or like almost like in a sense like when like the week you know the weekend dropped um uh his album Starboy, and he you so you see that he has daft punk mm. on it and it's like what like that when would the, and then it obviously the song's freaking fire and it's a hit but so I, I think it's cool that like you really put your all into that the album obviously and just or, you know you swung for the fences on a feature and
1: well, I, really I would say did. swing for the
0: fences but like you figured out one that like I made mean, sense and-
1: I wouldn't if you had told me I was gonna get a feature from Mod Sun and Futuristic, like before I had booked that tour, like I probably wouldn't have believed you at the time. It was like all these little steps that were i it seemed achievable at a time, yeah um, and yeah, the tracklist looks so sick, just having their names on it. But the best part too is the is the credits on the bottom having all the homies on it, like it has Dylan on there, it has cryo, it has Kirk, um Roger, who's like my main producer for a lot of these songs like. I love that kid. His beats are sick. Um, And uh, am I missing anybody else? And then obviously mods on like uh, Zach and then um, uh, Riley. It's Sick dude.
0: I mean, you're gonna look back and it's like damn. You know, I mean, like no matter what happens, it's like you're gonna look back and just be like, damn, I'm really proud of that body of work. You know, definitely. So hell yeah, I'm I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm excited for it to come out on Friday and. Check it out, and I hope people do the same because this is uh, what, what do they call it? This is recorded in not the pa- well, it's it's not Friday yet. Yeah, this Wednesday is Wednesday. This out. is Wednesday the eleventh. It comes out Friday the thirteenth. So by the time oh, this episode. Yeah. Do you even, like? Um. Let me check the calendar. <laughs> so I have one that's coming out now. If it is. What's that?
1: It's gonna come out after, right? Like, yeah. it's gonna come out after Friday. So my album's out now.
0: Yeah, his album is out now. So <laughs> go check that out. <laughs> yeah.
1: cool. That's cool to say, because I haven't been able to say that yet. That's cool. That's cool. We're in the future now.
0: Yeah, it's coming out. This episode will be out on the the twenty third. So like the week of Thanksgiving because it's like I got you know, another did you one. Play
1: backyard baseball, by the way.
0: Dude, Pablo Sanchez. The video no. game.
1: Pablo Sanchez. Yeah, my buddy. My buddy designed this beer glass, and he he drew um uh all these little designs for this company to make and um I just drink soda out of it but I love it. That's amazing. And you oh, just like it.
0: I'm I am I'm I miss that game. Going over to a friend's house and we'd play that yes. all night and it's like go to bed. It's like but we're having a sleepover. Come on. <laughs> um
1: <laughs> that's literally childish right there.
0: Yeah I know um, uh, and that is
1: what my album's about. No I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> Quick plug uh something i want to talk to you about a little bit about since you've mentioned a couple times um tour tour life you mentioned that you were able to tour last year before you know it's not a thing so i just want to touch base on just like your experience your overall experiences with it and just like your thoughts and i don't know because i mean not everyone is as fortunate as us to you know either they're in regular people or they just are in the music industry like they don't know what the tour life is like so yeah uh, just, let's let's talk about that a little bit fun
1: yeah i wouldn't say like i'm a veteran like i don't know what the tour life is like but i this was something to where i was talking to my parents about it and they were like think we were like talking about how uh, i'm like so thankful that i was able to go on tour the time i did because there's no tours right now and so imagine if i passed on that because it it didn't feel right and then I thought I was going to line something up for spring for the first tour ever. Mind you, this was my first tour ever. So like, uh, so I had to take it. And, um, yeah, like I really had, um, it kind of blew me away though when that came up. Cause I had thought it was like August. I had thought all fall tours were booked and I really didn't think I was getting one anymore. Cause we were talking about being on a few other tours like in June, July and they fell through and so I was like, ah, it's not going to work. But, um, Yeah, that was... Or was it September? It might have been September now that I'm thinking about it. I think it was like... I think it was right before my album came out. And I remember telling Dylan that I didn't even remember my album was coming out because I was so caught up in the fact that I was going on tour. That's what it was. So it was either late August or early September because Lazy Boy was 9-9. So it was September 9th. But yeah, man, I mean, tour was sick. I really liked it. It was one of the better experiences I've ever had. Um, And I think it had something to do with the fact that like I knew, like, I took vacation time from work to go on tour. Like, I did two, like, eight-day runs um, a month apart, like, or three weeks apart. So my boss was cool with it because I don't take vacation time from work. I save as much of it as I can and for times like this. So I knew that I was going to have ample time. And, like, if I made, like, when I brought it up to him, he was like, oh, wow, that's a lot of vacation time. And then I was like, I have this many hours that I haven't used in the last few years. And he was like, take it. <laughs> and he like literally like didn't care at that point where he was like shit you deserve this like I know you really want it and he was actually really hyped for me which was cool to hear and um uh, yeah so I w- so the whole time I was on tour I knew I could have been at work so I made the best of every situation like it felt good like some stuff sucked you know we had some weird shows my sound didn't work for the first three sets that I did like I was basically doing like a modified acapella set where you could like kind of hear some of the beats and I was just shouting. And like Luke got to see one of those shows and like, you could tell that he knew, like he gave me a lot of good advice and he was like really proud that I was on tour, but like I knew the crowd didn't care for me at all because like I, my sound was all fucked up. So that was a right. like really big hurdle, but I kept just like kind of, maybe it was only the first two shows. I can't remember if it was three or not, but it was a couple and it was really demoralizing, but I was still hyped to be on tour. You know, I was still hyped to be, you know, like, ripping a vase pen like in the back of the tour bus like talking about music with other people that were doing what i did you know like the first few shows were with dylan like why wouldn't you want to spend you spend enough time in a van with dylan but um, uh, <laughs> i don't see him you know what i mean he's yeah. in cali i'm out here in connecticut we facetime all the time and i talk to him but i'm not in his presence letting him rip on me for a whole day you know it's just a few hours that were on facetime so it was really fun and then um yeah. The second leg of tour. Um, uh, actually, no, in the first leg of tour, I ended up doing a few shows with, uh, with Luke and, and, and Craig. And so that was sick. Cause I had never really met them in, in person. Um, I met Luke at the show in New Hampshire. But that was one night. And then, uh, and then I was with echo and uh, no big deal, the second leg of tour, and they were awesome. So like being around people like that was a whole different, um, mindset like i never really like you know i'm i'm at work around a bunch of engineers and then i go home and i hang out with my friends that aren't musicians and then i was in a van with some rappers and they were talking about their releases when their albums come out the way they do stuff and i was like oh shit like soaking it in man loving it
0: <laughs> that's amazing that was cool damn yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you got to experience that it seems like you had a great time and what what's i just put two and two together what's you're saying is your first tour and uh, ironically enough when we first met was when i did my first tour so like yeah. it was it was very cool and i you know and that that's what's kind of cool about doing this podcast too with you is just because like you you know just you as a person and as an artist have grown so much since when i first met you like i mean yeah. you were like you, i mean you were just so cool and like on board with everything and I think that was the third show of the VR run or fourth show. And like, I still didn't really have a grasp of what was going on. I just was kind of like, yeah, sure.
1: Like, no, no, you can't do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just making but, but- snap decisions, going with your gut. Like, um, cause that was an extra show, right? I'm pretty sure you guys weren't even going to do a New Hampshire show, but Dylan couldn't get a Connecticut show for me. And then he was like, I could swing a New Hampshire show. And then he just added it like kind of last minute, I think. Cause he was running that whole tour. Like, well, well like, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Because Matt Matt. the tour manager. I'm not.
0: Saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt. Matt. Uh, because he lives. He lives like I th- yeah. He that's used to what live. it was. Matt Keene, He used to live. Uh, I think he has a new I spot. So Matt He's the man. you know he. Him and Dylan, you know, they brought me on for that run, and I'm just like, all right, let's do it. And I was that. Honestly, it was the time of my life, and I will never forget that. Yeah. The, the virtual reality. You know, I mean. That's how Dylan, Dylan, and I got real close. That's it was just a great time. Like I mean, me and Cody are you know, like we're all just friends. We, we, sometimes oh, we still.
1: Cody was on that. Yeah, that no. Co- thing, Cody, know, I mean, like Co- I didn't know Cody. Like I didn't know him from that set because he didn't DJ my set. No, and I didn't really talk to him much. Uh, because, um, I was probably intimidated because, um, yeah. I was like, you guys were on tour and I was still like, I, I mean, I did get really drunk that night. Well, I you were I was like the,
0: lo- you are like the local guy, you know, and, you, and yeah. I know, the, I know, I know what you mean, but
1: yeah, it's a whole, dim- it's a whole different atmosphere being a local guy and then being direct support. And I didn't know that. And everybody was so chill on tour. And the whole time I thought I was going to be treated like the opener. No. Like the local opener where like you're just Somebody there for the night so no n- people Aren't as friendly with you like obviously we're friendly But we're not like hey yeah. come back here and Drink and we're gonna have all these inside jokes Over the course of a period of time and know each other You know like yeah
0: I, and I mean That's the thing though I I, I mean You got to read the room a little bit but like I try to treat the local You know op- no matter who it like Oh definitely well you know so it's like And it just happened that like we clicked And we mm-hmm. you know end up staying in touch And whatnot and um yeah i mean if it wasn't for cody though like he like showed me the ropes you know and like how it's done and like what we should be doing like i remember where it was oh, the cool. night like I, I know it was like the night before the the very first show in new york we're at dylan's house and i'm like i'm like yeah we don't have a hotel room booked <laughs> he's like really <laughs> I'm, like, i don't know like i'm just kind of jumping into this and like they the, the three artists are funding this so it's like i gotta yeah and the first you know it's hectic because like luke and ryan were meeting us in new york and like dylan cody and john oh yeah john was on that run too fucking love john yeah and uh we were all being them there in new york and it's like heck you know just like i'm in an over my head and then like two shows in cody's like you know or a few shows in cody's like you got to be more stern like i know you're a nice guy and everything but like you got to like put your foot down sometimes and i'm just like okay man like thanks for like the you know like the, 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 yeah. that's the cool thing about the, the work perspective yeah the, the workspace because it's like it's like you got to be communicative communicative and honest but like also not like a dickhead i mean most some some people are real dickhead you know you can you come across some dickheads but like you know i I don't quite believe in that type of communication i mean you if you have to i guess but like
1: no there's no reason for that no but yeah there's my little rant So yeah, no, but that was the same thing with me, man. Like um Dylan was on tour with me. He was the one that was like easing me through the whole like not having sound issues, real and like all that stuff. Cody ended up fixing it for me. You know, it was like Cody and a sound guy. The third show, we're like, what the fuck's happening with this kid? And they like really helped. And um, and then um, our merch guy Fatty, he was the shit. Um, he gave me a ton of advice just on like being. Like like little things. Like after a show, like instead of just walking around and and like um and trying to like almost find fans, it was just easier to kind of be near Zach, near the merch table, near the things I was like using to promote myself. And like people were already coming there, you know, like and I was like floating around with like Bo, like talking about shit, like just talking with Bo. But it's like the show is still happening, like even when it's done. Like there's fans there, they're all talking to Zach. Like, go over there. And I remember he said it to me one day where he was like this machine gun Kelly was standing in front of a table of all of his merch. He's like, Wouldn't you talk to him and buy some? And he, and I was like, Yeah, I'd buy all of it. And he's like, Why are you not near any of your merch, not talking to any of your fans? And I was like, Okay, yep, you're you're spot on. And then I like ended up talking to a lot more people. And it's like little things. Like I was just awkward and I like didn't really know what to do. And then he was like, Come over here, stand by your stuff and then like little do I know, like that's what everybody else is doing, you know? So sometimes you just need like a little bit of extra advice here and there from people, but it was nice. Like, uh, everybody that was, I didn't say everybody. Cause I think Ashley, our tour manager, that was her first tour. Um, and I was there for the first show. So yeah, I mean, it was interesting the whole run, but I, I got a lot of advice from all of them. A lot of cool. And I made a lot of good friends, you know, so
0: soaking up free
1: game and, and you know,
0: before. and, uh, you know, making friends. That's, what's mm-hmm. so fun about it. I mean, uh, that that after the show merch table like that's like where you yeah before before and after the show is when you make like you know that's the bread and butter
1: yeah because i even think i was probably like in the green room one time and they're like what are you doing and i'm like i don't know what's happening you know like where should i be (laughs) like the show ended and then i went and like i broke like i that was the one thing like cody always made sure i broke down my stuff immediately so i didn't lose it and um one time i thought i lost my mic and i i almost crumbled and they were all like you're fine um and it turned out like another artist had snagged it so we were fine but um but yeah it was like little things like i remember because the show is unique they did an acapella set and and i always did a verse which was that was another thing like zach really put me on and like he did a acapella set after every show and um he would have rappers come up and rap and um Uh, he always let me go last so like all the artists that are there to see zach that are like fans that wish they were able to tour and tour with and rap like would rap and then zach would grab the mic and then i would be the one that would get it last and it was sick because the show it's not the show ended that way like obviously it gets passed back to zach but like i would get the rap at the end and he would give me like a little run-up and i didn't do it the first two shows because i was all demoralized about like my set not really working and then one day dylan was like let's do it let's rap." and he's like i'll go first you go after me and then dylan went up and he spit some fucking crazy bars and i fumbled through it and then i um and then i killed it from there on out and that was cool you know like he that's that's zach tossing us a softball you know what i mean like not the entire crowd is there when i go on but when he goes on that's going to be the max amount of people and then he does a set he lets us rap. like he even put like kids in the crowd like one dude was the security guard in um uh Portland um hit threw his hand on my back when I finished my verse. And then he went, Let me get that. And he was this big dude and he was up on um a stair ahead above me. So it was like this huge security guide, security, security guy, security guard right over my shoulder. And he's like, Let me get that. And then I handed him the mic. And he was like, "When I and he like went into a rap. And I was like, This is sick. And so like, I don't know, it was really tight thinking that like Zach and there was like a lot of people at the Portland show. So like Zach was letting everybody get a verse in, you know, and that was really cool. Um damn, I actually forgot about that. Like I hadn't brought that up in a while.
0: Wow. Memories. That was
1: nerve wracking the first time. That was more nerve wracking than my set any night was doing that verse at the oh, end. Oh, because
0: there's probably a solid what, like three, four hundred people there probably. Two hundred?
1: Um the biggest show was like in Portland It was like one fifty. Okay. Um maybe two hundred. I really was, don't know. I'm not good at ballparking. But yeah. but but it was, but, like, uh, but it was packed tight. Anyway. So like
0: it looked huge. But um yes. I mean that and dude, him doing that though, I mean, it's just having being, being around good people. Because I mean, the tours I've done with Dylan, like uh, the holdup, well, he's now Mike, Michael Garmini. That's his legal name. So Mike would bring him out. Like, Mike would, yeah, he's awesome. Mike would bring him out mid set and they would do a cover sometimes. Yeah,
1: sick. I forgot about that.
0: And they crushed it, but like sometimes it, it, they didn't do it. But what the Catastro run too, the Catastro guys brought him out because like he was first of three. So it's like, most of the time, a lot of, majority of the people weren't there when he got on. So, But then, you know, obviously when Katasha's performing, everyone's dialed in and then they kind of get to see Dylan and so like that, that, you know, having, doing little stuff like that like really brings value to being on a tour, you know, just yeah, so- soaking up the fans and all that and fun stuff. I mean, dude, I'm just happy you got to experience that because like, because like, what, would you have been able to live with yourself in a sense where if like, if you passed on it and like, obviously where the world is now, you would have been, you'd have been like kicking yourself every day. Probably like, fuck, I I, I messed up. But that's why I think sometimes it's important to take chances. As long as it's not like, I mean, I I feel like people take these out of context nowadays where it's like, you got to take a risk or take a chance. Then not like a chance where it's like, you're bed, you know, putting your whole house on the line or, you know, like putting all your chips completely in. I mean, some, I guess, Sometimes you got to do that, but you know, but taking a yeah, risk like no. that where it's like, you don't know what's going to happen really, but like I'm in and you know, you, you were in a position where you could do that. And
1: it's also you know, like, like, it doesn't always have to be like a financial risk or like right. your actual, like livelihood risk. It can be like emotional in a sense, like performing, so many dates in a row on tour, like, yes, I always wanted to do that, but, like, am I physically prepared for it? Like, I was really nervous going into it, and I had played, like, a good amount of shows in my past, but never, like, consecutive days in a row with the same people hearing my set, and, like, it, like, I almost didn't even feel comfortable until, like, the whole tour started coming out, like, all the people that were on the tour, like, all the other artists, um, besides Zach, because futuristic, obviously, he's not going to come out in the crowd and, like, distract, But, like, there were certain shows where he'd be in the back listening. And, like, when everybody came out and they got hyped for my set that they have already heard, like, four times, then I started realizing, like, I was comfortable with it and I felt really good. But it's, like, I could have let that, like, nerves make me say, no, I'm not going to go on this tour. Like, I don't think I'm ready. You know what I mean? Right. The risk was, like, almost, like, uh, more emotional than anything where I was, like, can I do this? I, I
0: I mean I don't relate on an artist level, but I I, I remember when I was doing my my first I mean, you're run. You're managing people. Yeah, like, and it was like it was like am I cut am I cut out for this? Like he Dylan obviously put faith in me. He was like, I think you'd crush it. So I was so I was like Wayne. I'm like you know what? I'm gonna like, I'm gonna give it a shot. And like if I suck and I hate it blah blah, blah. it's just that's something I'll never do again. And I learned that I'm not cut out for it. But I obviously had the time of my life and it definitely changed my yeah, life. So thank you. I mean I it's hard when you're caught up in that and people are like, man, you're like just doing a really good job or whatever. And it's like, really, I'm just like being like, it's like natural to me almost just like taking care of people. And like, it brings me joy. Like when I'm, how many taking tours care of the,
1: have you done since that first one? Cause that the, was two the, years the, ago, right? Or was yeah, that,
0: it was the end of, yeah, it was almost, it was pretty much two years ago.
1: Yeah. Cause that year I only performed two shows, dude, two shows. Wow. I did the show with you guys there. And then I did another show where I opened up for Dylan. And then the following year, I think I did um, like 15 or 16 and like it's crazy to think that I did that like I get it that that's not like a huge number in it by any means but to me like that was that was a huge milestone but for you you did like a handful of tours in like the last two years right? A little bit so I did
0: so I'm gonna give you a breakdown so I did the vr tour and i just was like you know like you know me and dylan would stay in touch and i just mm-hmm. he knew i liked it a lot and so like he wanted you know he was kind of like you're my guy going forward so i was like bad just let me know and we were trying to figure out how to get him back on the road and then randomly the hold up situation happened yeah. and I, was, like, I was stoked on it so i did that so like mm-hmm. i was i did the the vr tour ended like september of 2018 and then mm-hmm. i didn't get back out there till march of 2019 that the, the hold up oh, okay. tour was like yeah, so, like, the, then the Hold Up Tour was, like, with Dylan was, like. Uh, that um, was huge. What, yeah, it was, it was, like, 18 shows, maybe, in, like, a month. So, like, it was pretty manageable. But originally, Catastro was supposed to be. It was supposed to be a Catastro in the Hold Up Tour. But mm-hmm. Catastro had to drop it because they, they ended up going on this big summer, summer reggae tour with Iration and Pepper and Fortune Youth. Yeah and so since katastro dropped that opened the door for dylan but then katastro's tour manager at the time uh colby he was doing doing stuff for the, the the hold up mike um so then he like i kind of bounced off him at the end i'm like hey like if you ever need help on katastro stuff or whatever or you know of anything just like please let me know i'm i'm looking to keep this going and then sure enough like the week it, it yeah the, the week it ended he said hey how would you feel about like helping me out and doing merch on Katasha's summer run with I and i looked at it and it's like you know like it's basically like uh it was i gotta have the thing here somewhere but it, it was like an insane run it was like all it was like the end of april all through may june is pretty much off then all of july and like to the end of august so it was like 55 shows in a summer and like these shows were just like massive like I think we weren't a part of it, but like one of the shows, like on the at the end of like the first leg, was at Red Rocks, but like we weren't a part of it, unfortunately. Oh damn! So, so it's like these were like huge shows. Like we did one in LA, and it was like I think it was like a ten thousand cap, and they did like eight thousand people, and like that's crazy. And Katastra was like the first band, you know. And so like then I did that, and then like it just was crazy. Like I don't know, it was just a long. That's it was okay. like an. It was like a one long summer camp. Awesome summer in a sense, even though like I was, I felt super out of place in a sense. Mm-hmm. Cause like I was like the new, cause like in the reggae scene, everyone has, you know, they, everyone kind of tours with each other and all that. And they've, you know, they've all, everyone knew each other for a while. And like, I'm like kind of the new guy and I'm one of the younger guys on there. And yeah, so I kind of had to find my place, but like, you know, I did my thing as usual and kind of made friends and, you know, it, it was all love. And then after that, they ended at like the end of August and then Katastro was gearing up for, um, uh, a November run for their new album, tropical heartbreak. And, you know, we, I tossed Dylan, you know, we tossed around Dylan's name, like, and as a potential opener and then they met, and it's kind of, kind of, you know, his people talk to my people or whatever. That's I don't um, know. They yeah, talk, yeah. you know, they talk it through and I was like, let's Dylan do it. And then, yeah. Then I did that in November with them, but I, I was like doubling down, you know, it was pretty crazy. I was, like, TMing for Dylan and doing his merch, but also I was doing merch Catastro at the same time. Yeah. So, like, I was, like... I, it, it was a stressful but fun time. Like, <laughs> I just was, like, all over the place just because it was, like, I had to make sure their numbers were right and, you know, his yeah. number, you know.
1: So, it was, it was just, like, a lot more, I didn't realize like, I, how annoying that was till I had to do it. And I didn't even sell a lot of merch, but I watched... Dude sell a lot of merch, and I was like, Shit, I don't have any of this prepared. I'm just like, Yo, can you Venmo me? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like that's really how it was.
0: But you don't know until you know. Like, th- th- yeah. I think
1: I didn't. I'm still not prepared. If I were to go on tour, I think I'd still be the same guy, unless I had somebody running merch for me. But I'd be like, Yeah, yeah, you got cash, or are you going to Venmo me? Like, scan it. Like,
0: I, th- I think you can't go wrong if you have like every form of payment, like cash, you yeah, have yeah. like a chip reader, you got Venmo or PayPal, yeah. whatever. But so, yeah, I, d- I did. Th- I mean, the, the summer tour was kind of divided in half. And so it was like almost, it was one tour, but it was almost like two. Cause like it was mm-hmm. just so massive. So I, I would say I did, I did like four tours last year, which is pretty crazy. But, so dope. yeah. I mean, I, and like I, I was ready to have a pretty good year this year. And then like, oh man. But, but hey, it, it's all good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm real blessed. Like I, I have a job where I have a consistent check and, it's not like a stressful job, really. I, I just do delivery. I, I mean, I, I was doing I was doing Amazon for a while, but I couldn't stand it because just the work, like the hours, were nuts. You know?
1: Really?
0: Yeah, but yeah, um,
1: you got to find something that fits for you. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like, and I mean it, this is not like a long term play, but it, you know, maybe I'll do it for another year or so, or who knows? But
1: however long you need till tourists come back, basically. Yeah
0: but so it's an, it's a nice stop in the road. Um, yeah. So I, I, I did a few that year and that was, that was fun. Um, that, that question kind of stemmed off of the, well, I was going to ask you one cause you were talking about like, you weren't ready emotionally. Yeah. And I think you're the perfect person to talk to about this. Cause like, I know, I know you've gone through your mental health battles and all that, but like, me- the mental health of being an artist I think is just not talked about just because there's so much going on. I don't, I mean, you, you can weird. share what you want, but it's obviously a topic on the show. I, I don't know. I kind of want to dive into that a little bit just cause.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I find myself writing my better songs when I'm sad and then but like, not really. Like I used to say that, but now it's kind of like, if you're just always writing, you're always writing in different moods and things just come out how they come out. Like I wrote something, I was really sick a few days ago, like throwing up and I was laying in bed and I wrote a hook and it's like my favorite thing I've written in weeks. And I just, in like three seconds, it was like, uh, uh, four bars came to me. I wrote down. I was like, ah, nice. And like, I felt whatever, but, the mental health with it all is it's tough because I find myself like glued to my phone and always on my phone and always checking stats and almost feeling like I need to be having like interaction where it's like, "Oh are people liking my photos? Am I getting plays? What are my numbers at? What is this That's where the care less moniker comes back into that a little bit more. I love how I keep holding it up without actually seeing it care less like that's where it comes from. Um, Cause you can get really wrapped up in those things and you're also putting yourself out there. Um, I have a couple buddies, um, that are artists like in like painting, like the one that designed this, um, uh, cup, he did like half the album artwork. His name is Joe, um, uh, Joey T and he did like half the album artwork. Um, all the singles leading up to the big, um, the big three at the end that were the feature ones. Uh, my buddy Joe did. And like, we talk about it a lot where it's like, you're putting yourself out there, you know? Um, yeah. And that's like, goes back to me saying like, as a kid, like crying when I sang alone and like, I'm still like that. You know what I mean? Like when I'm, when I put out songs, there's a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot of auto-tune, but I definitely auto-tune everything. So when it's put out, it's like pitch perfect. And when I'm live, it's not. And so there's always like a lot of insecurity that comes with that. And like, I have a song called seasonal depression, because I find myself going in and out of, in and out of depressive phases, but not as much lately Um, being a little bit older, but like I know people around me that struggle with stuff like that. But I mean, with music, you know, you're trying to like tap into the parts of you that um, have the most emotion, really, you know, and some of that's sad. Some of it's pure anger. Some of it's like, you know, really happy or like romantic, you know, It you're all over the place. You just have to capture it. I think that's where Dylan hits the nail on the head is that he has a lot of different songs because he's always writing and he's always making music. It's what you're To what you're going through at that time, I think Machine Gun Kelly said that about tickets to my downfall. That he would go live a life for a night, and then he would end up at Travis's studio, and they would write a song about it. And it was That was what it was. And think of it. He has songs called Drunk Face, Kiss Kiss, where they're talking about being at bars, getting drunk, and it's like it's about that night. So they can tie it back to something, dude. And that's kind of how I am. I think with most of my songs is that they're all written in like in some emotional state. You know, whether that's good or bad. So there's a lot of mood swings, I guess you can say.
0: I think that's amazing. I mean, it, yeah. maybe you're like, well, it's not amazing because it's like it, it sucks when you're, but I think, I mean, I think that's where it, great it, music stems from. It, yeah, like, like when, it, It's the balance of it in a sense.
1: Yeah. And I like find that like my emotional state is tied to my music because if I'm not making good music, I'm mad or sad about it. I'm never content with like not making good music the only time i am is this past few weeks because um the album's coming out and things have been going well but i don't have a laptop right now to record on and i'm getting really antsy um very antsy very anxious about what's next because my the last my music comes out on friday and then i have nothing and i still don't have my laptop yet so i'm like not gonna lie like a little emotional about that but um yeah, I've been finding that you gotta be, you gotta detach a little bit from your music in a sense. Like when you make it, you can have a lot of emotion to it. You know, I think, um, I think Rick Rubin has a really good quote about it that he always. It's one of those ones that cycles around on this page here and there. And it's about like it's when you're making your art, it's yours, and then when you distribute it, it's the world, and they take it how they take it, and they spin it how they spin it. But it'll always have its meaning to you, and it doesn't have to have that meaning to other people. So um Wow, that's powerful. I've tried to step back from the numbers a little bit more with all my music. Um yeah, I've been like trying to step back from like focusing on all the online interaction. It's hard because I definitely have this weird addiction to being on my phone. I um, think we all do. But yeah, I'm really bad with it though. That, they were all making fun of me on tour because my time, like my daily allotment was wild. But it's also because I—I this is an excuse, and I'm—I'm I'm just justifying it. But like a lot of nights, I—I'll play like a YouTube, like a 10-hour rain video when I'm asleep. So like my numbers might say I was on my phone for like 15 hours in a day, and people are like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but I was—I slept for 10, you know, oh, like, yeah. and I had the song, and I had that on." But um, but no, I definitely have an unhealthy relationship with with social media, and whatnot, and I don't even post a lot. I'm just always like am i am i gaining followers am i losing followers what are people doing what someone putting out a new song ah oh, shit how many songs have i put out since you know like i'm always worried but I, um, I feel uh, you. yeah but no i think back to the part of like i don't know the mental health of being an artist it really depends on the person because um I was watching the, you never know podcast with, um, Mike stud and then it was, um, Mike Posner and I didn't, oh, it, I, dude, I just listened to that today.
0: Yeah. Holy heck. What an amazing episode. Yeah.
1: And so there are two people that I look up to a lot. And so I try and meditate. I don't meditate daily. I did meditate daily for a good month this year. Um, but I just end up, my work day is so weird, um, that it always seems to, I always seem to use that as an excuse to not meditate, but Yes, back to the point. Like they were saying that, like when Mike had, when Mike Posner had those hits, and he had the record deal and all that stuff, it felt like nothing. You know, like I just passed 100k monthly listeners, which is pennies to those guys.
0: Right, but, like That's I was
1: incredible. hyped, but I knew I was gonna pass 100k the minute that song came out with Zach because it was a main artist co-release with him, and his fans were listening, and it was getting his algorithmic push. And the song went big in the first week, and I. And I I kind of manifested it. I told Dylan before the Sun song came out, before those songs came out, right when Please Save Me came out, I said, I'm going to hit 100,000 monthly listeners before the album comes out. And um, I also said it's going to chart on iTunes, but I, I'm not going to put any stock in that. But um, like uh, when it happened, I said to them where I was like, I knew this was coming. I don't even feel like, like it's just a number. You know what I mean? Like it's not like a bunch of people hit me up and they were like, bro what like i posted about it and people were hyped that's cool you know it's nice yeah. to say that stuff but it's not like the fu- like machine gun kelly called me up and he was like you're ready it's getting a song like it, it wasn't that you know it's not like your wildest dreams come true off of a number on a screen but i do put a lot of stock into it um but i'm still very 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 proud that i that i hit hundred thousand monthly listeners the song with zach is doing great um i got verified on instagram finally so that's cool that Whoa. makes me feel like um, everything I say is factual now. Like You just got to take it. Like,
0: yeah. It's all so, uh, voter fraud? Is that a thing? No, I'm kidding. We're not going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dude, no, that's amazing. Yes. So you're you're a celebrity. Say, no I'm, in, I'm in the presence of a celebrity now. Wow. Shoot. Yeah. So but No, like
1: things like this where it's like it didn't change anything. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really change anything. Like, yes, am I maybe going to have a higher DM response rate when I reach out to people bigger than me? Maybe but I reached out to a ton of Kandama players the week before and most of them got back to me. Like, I think I hit up 20 something people and like 10 of them got back to me. That's a pretty good ratio for DMing and people you don't know at all. And, um, when the check came in, like a bunch extra hit me after, but I was like, okay, I guess that's cool. But like, you know, it's, it sucks.
0: Know. It sucks, but it's like, cool. Like, cause it's like, it's like, it validates you. And then other people see that and they're like, oh wow, this guy must be important. Yeah, like, let me, let me talk to him.
1: That's what Mike was saying, Posner, where it's like, you're an artist and it's already sketchy enough to the general public. You know, like my family doesn't really think of me as a musician because I I have a job. Right. And, um, uh, and, um, I went to college for a degree and I got a job in that degree and they just assume that the music is like something that I do like watching football every Sunday, but it's no, it's like, I'm doing this all day long. It's a business. And, um, like it's not thriving but we're we're getting there and um mike was saying that when you get the record deals or you get these certain numbers oh shit. people that don't know it they're like oh you get it you can do it you yeah. can do it but it's like yeah. i don't need you to fucking tell me i can do it i'm already doing it you know what i mean? I am doing it what would change if my streams were getting me enough money to or were generating me enough money to pay for my rent i would still be making music i would still be hitting up curve for artwork dealing with still be talking to me every day. We'd be having podcasts about my album coming out. It would still be the same. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it would just be a different scale. So I think they were, that's what they were kind of, I didn't finish their podcast, but I, I just believe that it was going to circle back to, you know, enjoying what you do and not the outcome, you know? So I have a hard time getting there, but I'm at least being cognizant of it is going to help me going forward. You know?
0: Absolutely. And I, I think you definitely should try and finish that podcast. It, it's remarkable. Oh, Definitely. It, they, it's probably my favorite one that, um, Mike has done on that show. Like it was like, it just was like, they bounced off each other. So well, they talked about, you know, cause they have the past well, together at Duke.
1: Exactly. That, so he's had a lot of friends on though. And that's what I like. And that's the yeah. other thing with Rogan that I realized that people love about Rogan is that even though he interviews a lot of random people, he does have his friends on a lot. And those are some of the best episodes in my mind. And so with Mike, a lot of these musicians and these, um, entertainers and these, um, athletes, like, yeah. they know him, you know, yeah. they know him well. Um, and, uh, that's what makes for a great conversation. Not just two strangers that are like, so you make music, you know, or like asking about like, what is it? It's like, I, it's just tough, you know? Um, uh, but they're like, they had that, they had the, the, the same time where they blew, they blew up at completely different scales. Like Mike was, campus famous uh i gotta stop saying mike mike stud was campus famous and mike posner had a number one song so like they but it was at the same general yeah. time frame
0: isn't that so, so wild hearing
1: how it was different for both of them but also the same you know what i mean that's what i think they were getting at like even though mike stud didn't have a number one album he thought he did because all of his friends were bumping his music and he was playing shows and he never saw the shit coming so you just have to like you it's know perception. be thankful for the yeah. for the uh, perception. It's a great way to put it, dude. Great
0: way to put it. Yeah, that's man. I there's something you said earlier that I was gonna re. I, I fucking I lost my thought. Those, oh the Rick uh, Rubin quote. No, no, that that got me. But oh, Rogan. Like I think it's yes. Obviously, everyone wants to be like Rogan, but I. Dude, I that's
1: why I want to start a podcast. But I don't know. I rant too much. I could like I just cut you off. Like well, I yeah no, I no it's all, it's all good without running
0: over. It's it. a conversation, and I and I I mean. I don't want to be like Rogan, I guess. I mean, I he's like a blueprint, but also I think I really just want to interview my friends and like give them a platform to speak and just like promote their shit, which is why I, was, yeah, I kept yeah, yeah. being like, let's let's get this one in, man. You know, cause just because like you have something going on, and obviously whatever I can do to help, and it's it's just like I don't know, because I, I, we have history, so it's like this con, like this this might be one of the best episodes. Like I feel like people might hit me up, and be like yo, that conversation was dope you know, and just like,
1: cause
0: I, I don't know. I mean, I'm
1: amazing. No, I'm <laughs> terrible. Uh, no,
0: I mean, I, I, I mean the fact that you're wearing the Buffalo Bill shirt, you know, like, yeah, I had you to, pe- you yeah, know, I had to pe- people, people that my friends from around here, they're going to be like, if they, you know, they ask me about, it, I'm like, you, you better have bought or heard his album, you know, like he's putting on, Perfect.
1: that's just how Perfect. the Bill's community is though. Let I them mean, know when they buy the album, I'll send them a beanie because okay. I'd rather people, um, get like i just i don't know i it's free free, free advertising yeah you know what i mean like as much as i want to make money on a lot of this stuff i'd rather you know just give back to some of the people that are like going to support me because there are people close to me that don't support me at all so i'm just like okay if a random stranger or a friend of a friend is going to go out of their way to do something like i want to like kind of like even though you can say my music is what I'm giving to them. It's like, no, like you're allowing me to make my music and validating that I can make music. So let me give you like a beanie for the winter. It's cold up there in Buffalo, you know?
0: Hell yeah. Isn't But isn't that a wild thing though? Like people closest to you may not like see the, the vision or support, but like people that live states away or just like you've only yeah. met a few times or just like they think you're like the shit or whatever. It's just like, yeah. it's weird. It's weird.
1: I, it's also something to where I feel like, um, perception as well. Like you might think like, cause a lot of my friends do listen to my music. They're just not like an average everyday listener. Like they are going to listen to the album when it comes out, you know what I mean? But they might not be keeping up on every single release, but I've realized that like, I can't hold a lot of my friends to that because they're not social media people or like they don't listen to rap or like they just don't get my posts in their algorithm. So it's like, you're going to have a couple people from some slack when they're around you, but, um, and I've noticed that people always say, like, my hometown was the last people to fuck with me. But it's like, where was your first show? It was in your hometown. <laughs> and who came? All I hate that. All your family that. and friends. Yeah. And it's like, I'm never going to say that. Like, obviously, the kids I went to high school with don't give a fuck about me. But guess what? I'm going to fuck about them. You know what I mean? Did I go to my <laughs> high school reunion hype to see everybody? No. I went because people dragged me. And I was like, cool, let's bounce. It's like, if you don't still talk to me, whatever. So back to the point of, like, I still played all my, my shows in Connecticut, you know what I mean, for the longest yeah. time. The people that came were all my friends from Connecticut. Even when I was at school in New Hampshire, where was I playing shows in New Hampshire with my buddies? You could call that my hometown at that time because that's where we all lived. I knew a ton of people there. Like Dylan gave me that spiel once because I was like, your hometown never fucks with you because I was talking about being on tour and he was like, bro, you played like eight shows in Connecticut, man. Like, And you bring people out every time. That's your home state. That's your hometown. It's like Dylan in Western Mass. He's a fucking legend. Basketball, hoops, fades. You know what oh, yeah,
0: He's a low key celebrity.
1: Like that, dude, you, that dude has done everything his
0: whole life, every day. I know. You, you you see that someone paid like he went through he he was getting food somewhere or like chicken or whatever because he loves his chicken. Oh shit! Yeah. And, he, and the shit. guy the guy the guy he pulled through and the guy was like, "Yo, you're a legend. Like, I listen to your shit very often. Like, don't he worry had, about it, man." But
1: that's the thing. He had a billboard in his hometown, yeah. and I just want to let you know this: that like I will be that same guy that will have a billboard in my home area. For no reason, just because he got a good deal on it. And he was like, who doesn't want a billboard? Like I saw some kid that I barely know, just like another internet rapper. And he posted a photo today of a billboard with his his music on it. And he said, just manifesting. And all I thought of was like, dude, that's like a, like a $500 deal away from having that for a week or two. And like, you could just do that for yourself. Like yeah. Dylan is an artist. He designed the artwork and then he contacted a billboard company. He knew there was a billboard right where all his buddies went. And he paid for the advertising on it. And all I'm thinking is like, people act like fucking like you're getting your shit in Times square and you have to like play all these political games. It's like, no, just find out who posts those billboards, contact them, get a quote and then figure out when it's worth it. Yeah. And like I mean, Dylan does that. And then people in his hometown are like, look at this fucking kid. His album's on iTunes. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> all of his past albums are on iTunes too. You know what I mean? But it's like perception. People don't get it. People aren't in the everyday music business. So like some of the stuff we do, like we know what's happening, you know. Like when it when when somebody's like, "Yo, 500 likes and a new song comes out on Friday," like, bro, you had that distributed three weeks ago. You already sent it into Spotify. Like, don't play games with me. But um, dropping but secrets, goes, you know. Yeah. Now, I
0: mean, the Billboard thing is interesting because I mean, I've. I've
1: but I, oh. I just realized that people from his hometown probably were like blown away with that. Oh, yeah. And that was like brought- two years ago, I think. I, I don't even think that was for yeah. – that was morning coffee, I think. I don't think that was pretty pretty. Maybe it was. I have my whole entire Dylan Reese um, timeline fucked up in here because yeah. um, I just listened to too much of his music.
0: His music's – I mean, I, I listen to his music. It's just good. Like time and money, <laughs> chef's kiss. Great. Um, that's another story. But – I mean, like, I, I met a billboard guy once, uh, a club, oh, really? my my cousin was DJing. He just gave, we were talking, he, yeah. you know, he was like, oh, you're a manager? Sorry. Like, here, here's my Did, business it, card. It looked like a billboard? He had, like, a golden business card. So, he, and, like, so, right. I mean, this was in LA. So, like, of course, you know, it, it was probably primetime real estate.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but, but I, I get that. I get yeah. that. Like, I'm not getting my name in in, in Times Square, you know? Oh, but, yeah, like, no, that's that's... It, that's you got to have that Spotify money for that. I drive you know? by a billboard in, in Milford that some lady has had for 10 years now for real estate ad. And all I'm thinking is like, no way can that be that expensive that this no, real estate you, lady you has do had it. This for so long. Like I could commandeer that for this week. I could have done that for my album, but yeah. I was like, I actually should have, to be honest. That would have been, that would have been great. Now that it, it's I missed an opportunity. Damn. But, um,
0: you still, you still can do it. I think he put up morning coffee a little late.
1: Yeah. I think it was when it was actually streaming. Why would he put it out beforehand? He put it out after. I I can still do it. Maybe I
0: will. I mean, Um, come on, think about it. You uh you really only get that week window for the album like when it's out. You know, it's like you push it for like a week and then everyone forgets about it. So So that's kind of why I
1: did the singles. Yeah, That's why so many singles came out beforehand because it's like, why drop an album and then have everybody judge me off first week sales when, like, I could just have all the songs come out ahead of time, have them all get their shine, and then have a final few come out on that day? And then my first week numbers are going to be fucking huge because it's going to say I got like 700,000 streams, and people are going to be like, in seven days? Holy I shit. I love how I'm just giving away the tips here, but like, oh, I know. But be- like, Love, what's his name? Um, I think his name is Love or Love. It's like L A U V. Like, that dude is an independent artist, but he does huge numbers. And he had a 12-song album that he put out over the course of 12 months. And when it came out, my buddy hit me, and he was like, how come all these songs are the same? And I was like, because it went number one this week. And those are songs. You already heard them. You already knew. Like, and he was like, why is this just trending now? And I was like, because the album just came out now. And he was like, so confused. But I'm like, even on a big scale, people do that. But um, uh, So I was actually really hyped with how this came, because um, I did it with Lazy Boy. I did the same thing. like Two songs came out that day it was like five singles and two came out that day and um everything did well everything got its time and i appreciated that because i used to put out mixtapes and i'd work on them all year and then you put out like uh, like 12 15 songs in one day and then like everybody misses it and then you're like what did i do that for right but that's also getting lost in the numbers you know what i mean like can't get lost in the numbers gotta have fun with it if i think about the song those albums that i put out five years ago that i was sad didn't get any plays i'm kind of happy they didn't because they weren't as good as this stuff why would i want people judging my entire character off of that old material you know right the music that i have now i'm fine with people judging me off of and being like you know like getting perspective of me
0: yeah i mean like didn't russ put out he's put out like 20 albums before he like blew up whatever, right so it's like, yeah, it
1: was like 11 real albums and then yeah. it was like a bunch of mixtapes before he did the single this, a week and yeah. he did the 80-something songs before a song did something so that's yeah. not like that was two years after he found the method that worked
0: right so I mean it's I, I get what you're saying now so it's like if you, you figure out kind of what works for you and I think yeah. that's awesome that you've kind of found that in a sense I mean
1: yeah like i would love to just drop a surprise album and have people like fucking crash the internet for it but like Like, we're not there yet no you gotta you gotta, gotta be realistic
0: yeah like
1: yeah you gotta you gotta
0: you gotta do you gotta have like logic numbers almost in a sense
1: yeah and even with him you know what i mean like um his whole fucking story was a lie you know what i mean like he was signed to visionary and to the major label, the entire time he was putting out those young Sinatra mixtapes. So everybody was like, look at this guy grinding underground. And it's like, no, you had like a board, like, you, like, yes, he was still doing everything himself. Yes, you know, he proved himself and all that shit. And I'm not undermining it. I'm just saying that like the general public didn't actually know what was happening. And um, so I find that like I just put my music out and I stopped realizing that I'm scrutinizing everybody in the way that they're distributing stuff and my buddies aren't even paying attention. They just, Absorb the music, and then if they hear a good song, they like it. So All you gotta do is make good music, and it and it gets out there.
0: It all it all adds, it all adds. It's like a s- snowball that you're building. I mean, look yes. at look at look at our our good friend Dylan. I mean, he's a perfect example.
1: Yeah. This guy's amazing.
0: Yes, I mean I I met him, or no, he I mean he would. He used to do like weekly releases and he used to send them to me when I was doing the blog. Yeah, That's how
1: I started trying to keep up to him. That's all I said was I was trying to keep up and I knew I couldn't keep that pace. And so we try to be realistic. I still have to say, I think I'm still, I'm definitely slacking big time, but like that dude probably makes like a hundred songs in a year. I don't at all. Like I'm maybe 30, maybe. Yeah. The last,
0: last time I talked to him, he he was like, yeah, I went to the studio and I'm, I'm like, He's like and he's like, damn it! I don't know why I went to studio. I have like thirty songs ready to go that I could release. I'm like, I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, I'm right, like, and I have a lot of demos, a lot of cool stuff that I want to work on, but I just haven't been able to. Um, but it'll it'll all through hey, the day. You got lighter. you got
0: you got to go at your own pace, man. Like I, that's that's what I think about. It's cool. I mean, yeah. uh, obviously you're human, and like as humans, we all have different things that work, like. Some people need a crap ton of coffee to get through the work day, some people can just do it caffeine free or yeah tea. You, you gotta know? figure like, it out. You gotta figure out the juice that works for you. So and you you're doing it, man. You've I mean, like I said earlier, just from the time I when I first met you backstage, you know, or in the, in the room or whatever. Room yeah, in two
1: thousand
0: eighteen, obviously that just till now where it's like you're you know, hundred K Monthly Listeners, the Instagram check.
1: So cool. You're uh, catching you know, me at a really like, good week. You're catching me at a really good week. You know what I mean? Like this all just happened. Uh, so, so perfect, perfect for the album. But this is like kind of what I get at. You know what I mean? Everybody it, asks me all these things like, "Am I too logical with the way I put out music? Am I too rigid with my schedule? Like doing all these singles and whatnot?" It's like, yo, it worked for me. You know, I'm having my peak of the year the week my album comes out. Why would I think I did anything wrong? Like, uh, obviously, you can always do things better. But it worked for me, you know, and I get it that's it's different than what other people do. But Dylan, on the other hand, like he put out four songs this month or la- or in October last month. And like, that was aggressive. But I know people that do that all year round, you know, and it's like, I can't do that. Like Webby, Chris Webby puts out a song every Wednesday. You know what I mean? Like he's still doing that songs a year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I know that he at least has um, the album at, at least the last three years where they were just called Wednesday um next wednesday and wednesday after next where it was uh the best songs of that year so when you think of it he just put out 52 songs and then he picked 20 that he wanted to put on an album and they were all like you know already out but that worked for him and his numbers are wild and he tours and he's like a connecticut hero i think about it all the time i gotta link up with webby like i think about it all like i met him i met him at, at um echo and cody were um on tour with dizzy Wright, and webby was there and i just went up to him like a fan and i was like hey man like i i got high the first time a contact high at your show because so many people were smoking and i never knew until years later when i smoked for the first time and he laughed and he was like that's fucking dope that's what i want to hear from my fans.' <laughs> but then like you know i was just a, like i was i wasn't like an like i did introduce myself as another rapper but it's not like i was an artist at the show like but still i've got to work with webby at some point in time it was cool it'll,
0: talking to' it it'll, it'll happen, man. I mean, I feel like you 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 know come with the right approach and you're like, I'm from Canada. Yeah, the right and, song yeah. you know the right I song
1: mean, at the right time
0: it's it's gonna happen I, I I could see it. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, you I always tried to open for him. I always tried to open
1: for him when I was garbage at me at rapping, and now I think to myself like I'm glad he didn't get that first impression of me. You know, fucking six years ago when I was in college and I still wasn't really like, and I was just doing like mixtape raps where I was just rapping over Drake beats and shit. Right. And it's like I'm glad that that's not like my introduction to some of these people. But at the time I was like bitter. You know what I mean? And you're like, fuck! Look at all these other artists getting fans and and shine and this and that. And it's like your time comes. You just got to keep chugging along and um. And enjoying what you do—it's really what it is. Damn, I, I mean—I don't know how many times I've said that. No, I mean I feel like I'm just circling back with the same punchline. But
0: I think I think that's a great—that that's a great bar to end on. Truthfully, I think you just like—I'm cool with it. I just felt the the mic drop, you know, right when you said that. I'm like, Phew. phenomenal. But I mean, we'll end it with a call to Chris Webby. Let's yeah, get together. <laughs> Hey dude, I uh, got a got. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you're like that. Oh, that you're like that moment is now. <laughs> I, I wish I, I was like that. Dude. And then you're like, he's done with the verse. <laughs> he just did it. I'm like, so what song? You're like, he took one and he remixed it.
0: <laughs> wow, that, that would have been yeah. something. Um, Ray Vans, I could I could care less. His album's out now. Less. Go go go! Listen. Wait. No. Did I say that right? Yeah. It
1: couldn't care less.
0: Could, okay. Ray Vans couldn't care less. His album is out now on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Deezer, Google Play, Amazon. I'm trying to name them off, but whatever. Whatever you YouTube listen to music, music, YouTube. It's all. It's all out there. Um. Not go on, check on SoundCloud. That. Not on SoundCloud. I'm
1: not gonna put it on SoundCloud. I don't know oh. why, but I just uh, I gotta manually do it myself. We're just gonna say that not there
0: yet Uh, no it's not in soundcloud he's going to do that right now um (laughs) perhaps audio mac too i'll talk to him about that um yeah so basically anywhere you listen to music or whatever service you use title forgot to mention title shout out Jeezy. um go listen to that go hit him up and be like hey i liked your album or or just like hey i listened to the podcast and you're really cool or hey whatever whatever you want to tell him
1: hit me up tell me my music's trash i love it
0: (laughs) perfect well hey ray thank you so much man it, it was that this was really fun i we're, we're gonna have to do it you know episode We'll have to do this again yeah for sure in the future we'll but. do this
1: when i got more things to talk about but i already covered all my music and like i said i have nothing prepared for next month so this is where i'm at
0: <laughs> boom we're, we're doing it but can't thank you enough man you're 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 awesome ray i Appreciate you. Show show that Bill's shirt real quick before we go. Just yeah. so, go Bill. Yes, sir. A man of the people. Go Bill. <laughs> All oh. right, man. Th- thanks again. We'll uh, we'll talk soon. Type.